Welcome back, community group leaders, to the Deeper Podcast. We're in week four of the Messiah series, and this is an opportunity where we're able to partner with you as you lead your groups uh, to deepen the relationship with God, His Word, and people. My name is Jeremy Wynn, and I'm our discipleship outreach team lead and the host of the Deeper Podcast, and joined by Joe Hishma. Hey, welcome, everyone. Good to be with you and excited to go through this difficult passage with you all. Yes, it is a challenging passage, and there is there's a lot there. There's some simple concepts with profound and and challenging realities associated mm-hmm. with them. That's right. And before we jump in the passage, you know, we're in week four out of fall launch, and uh, this can be a time where maybe some of you, some of your groups, it's been hard to get in a rhythm and it's discouraging, or maybe you started good and some other things have come up. So Joe and I are just going to share a little bit about how our groups are going. The, the highs and lows and some things that we're learning as we're in our group. So Joe, how's, how would you say, how's your group doing? My group is doing well. Um, we've had, this has been a challenging time to gather in, in a group, but our group has kind of endured through that. And um, the great thing about it is we've really spent a lot of time together in prayer. Uh, we go through what we're, our material that we're going through and share our lives. And it's really been, uh, I really felt that they're, they're on my team. They're my people. And so that's how I've continued to grow. They've allowed me to be a typical person, not just the pastor of our church. Uh, and I've been able to share a whole lot more with them as a result of that. So things are going well. Good. Um, I, I will say t- to you on this, many groups are just still challenged with the consistency of it, and it's going to need perspective. Not failure or success on we meet every week or we we're, we're sticking to everything here. Just sticking together is success right now. So endure with us and keep giving uh, perspective to them. What about your group? Yeah. Well, and I know you, your, your group has endured through a lot to get to this place. So yes, I'm so glad that you guys are in a good spot. Yeah. M- many of the people are empty nesters. That's that right? right. Okay. That's right. And so the flip side, my group is very different than that. Uh, we all are you know, low 30s and have either one or two kids between the ages of zero and two years old. And so lots of kids, lots of change too. People have gotten new jobs. We've added children. People have moved, all kinds of change. And so our group, we've we've had to really get creative to figure out a good time to meet and a good rhythm to meet. And ultimately we've landed on is we meet every other week on Sunday morning at 915. Okay. And so we meet here at the church so that we can have childcare and we go through the Matthew series. But really this last week, we spent a lot of time just talking through the highs and lows and change and praying for one another. And then we did talk about briefly read through the passage and then asked those discussion questions, which led to more discussion. And then we were done. But yeah. it was for some, it was the first time they've been back and getting into a rhythm. So sure. for us, just finding a time to meet, getting together was huge. And it was definitely worth um, all the trying to make something work. So I don't know where your group is at. Maybe you're in a great rhythm. Maybe it's going wonderful and that's amazing. If you've had challenges or maybe you tried to set something up and it didn't work, don't get discouraged. Continue to to be faithful to try to bring them together and host it and allow God to, to do some really cool things through that. That's right. Okay, that's so right. now that's let's good. jump into the passage. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 27, finishing up the Sermon on the Mount. Joe, you want to just give us some context for where we are as we jump in? 
Yeah, so we spent several weeks preaching on the Sermon on the Mount, and and so it's difficult to get the whole picture of it, but from basically Matthew chapter 5 all the way through chapter 7 is this incredible sermon in which Jesus reveals himself as this king, and he's part of the kingdom, right? And someday he will bring his kingdom on earth. And we look forward to that day. But he's going to show us the character of the kingdom, the king of that kingdom. He's going to show us how we handle ourselves and even how we direct our passions and pursuits. But this week, this week, he's really going to come down to a defining moment of faith with life-altering choices that for everyone who follows him has to get their mind away uh, around and, and um, count the cost of what it looks like to be a Christ follower. And that one is, this one's just going to mess with all of us. It's going to, it's not quick reading. It's not uh, got this and don't have to think about it. It really challenges us to lean in and to learn into what Jesus is teaching us. Great. Let me read. So we're in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 27. It says this, Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter it enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered by the thorn bushes, are figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven... On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built this house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So, Joe, what would you, if you're going to summarize and you want groups to have one key takeaway or big idea, what would that be from this passage? I think the big takeaway is Jesus is calling us through many different pictures and many different stories here. He's calling us to that defining moment of faith. Do we trust him? How we put our faith and trust in him, and are we living for him? Because not everyone who says they're a Christian follows Christ, and that's what a Christian is. They're a Christ believer and follower, and not everyone who um, uh, not just confesses it, but um, what's the other other thing here that I'm missing? Um, Forgive me. I just had a senior moment, Jeremy. It's okay. Can you forgive okay. me? Thank you yeah, about that. There is grace. So it's it's not just in saying or confessing. It's it's in actually following and and living out 
the identity of who Christ is. And so in each one of these, it comes down to it's either this or it's that. It's not your own choice, your own way. It's the way. that. And so Jesus is really calling us to that. The other place that I'd like to just dig a little bit more into um, is uh, chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. And so this is where it is saying, um, you know, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy your name and cast out demons your name and do many mighty works your name? And then I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Yeah. So in, in one aspect, there's, um, there is an invitation for us to examine our hearts and seeing is our hearts and the way we live in a way that's seeking after that relationship with Jesus. Sure. And so we want, my question is basically, how do we utilize this passage to use it to examine in a healthy way while not using it in an unhealthy way to overly question our security in Christ and our faith in Christ? So how would you... Right. So we know, uh, well, I'm thankful that this isn't the only passage in the scriptures, right? So this, we have to, scripture has to interpret scripture. So you can't just say, because Jesus said this, it means that all the other scriptures are not accurate. Where we see, ultimately, your faith is uh, what saves you. And faith, saving faith is believing that Jesus lived, he died, and he rose again for you. But it's also believing, as you think about that, not just his work for you, but his way way and his will for you. And so you don't just follow someone who can get you out of hell. You follow someone who gives you eternal life. And that's what's really important. It's not that you are saved by good works. You're not at all. It's not by works. Paul says this in Ephesians 2. It's not by works of righteousness, which you've done, but according to his mercy... He saved us. Um, I'm sorry, that was Paul and Titus, Titus 3. Uh, For by grace you've been saved. For by grace you've been saved. Through faith, yet not of yourselves. It is a free gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. That's right. But you've been saved for good works, not by good works. And so if God is going to pull you out of hell and pull you out of darkness, he's going to have you live in the light, which you're going to be the lights in this world that you shine to reflect and glorify your heavenly father. And so in this passage, it really does show, you know, it's your theological correctness, your emotional engagement, mm-hmm. your uh, your dutiful works, okay, uh, or service. Those are all part of following Christ, but those don't save you. And you can't say... Like when you see Christ, it's because I've served in the church. It's because I've believed the right things. It's because I, um, because I was emotional at that one time, and I, I saw your heart, and I cried when that situation happened. It also has to be someone who knows Christ, who knows and follows Him. And knowing Christ means knowing who he is and who you are in light of that. It knows that you can't save yourself. Only he can do that. But once you put your faith and trust in Christ, you you pursue and you're motivated out of that relationship, not of rules and regulations. The final question I've got for you in the examine part is, uh, is there anything that you didn't cover in the sermon that you'd like to share and add here as you study this passage through this week? Yeah, I think um, there's two. One is in, um, in, in verses 13, where it talks about a narrow gate and a, nar- uh, a, a narrow way and the, de- the destinations to where they lead and the people who find it. 
And when I, I looked at that, I just started thinking, and there's a lot of questions like, man, if it, does this passage preach that there's only a few that are going to heaven, okay? And so is heaven a limiting thing? And yet, when you read a picture of the vision that John saw in Revelation, you see of every nation, tribe, and tongue. You see multitude. So heaven's this massive place. I don't think Jesus is saying, just a few people are going to go there. But he's, he's ultimately showing us, look, this way is not a popular way. And it's certainly not of the kingdom of this world. It's a way that's an alternate kingdom that few people are finding right now as we look around them. We don't see the heart of our world going, yes, for this narrow way. Yes, for this person, Jesus Christ. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. You don't see that acceptance of the king right now. That's what he's addressing. We're going to transition now to some application questions. So, we got two this week. One is going to be specifically us looking at this passage, and the second one's going to be a little broader, looking at as we look at kind of the larger picture of the Sermon on the Mount. So the first one, it's our, our preaching to yourself question. So what aspect of the passage challenged you the most, and how are you walking with Jesus differently because of it? Okay, so... I've had, uh, I've certainly known about this passage, but this has been a passage that I have been studying for a week now. And the one that really got me was the tree and its fruit. So I, I know I'm not a, a wolf, okay, where I'm, I'm coming in and posing, but it challenged me to be focused in my life for good fruit. So what's the, what's the focus? What's the culmination of all the ministry we do? What's the culmination of a life that preaches the Word of God? Is it really a life that reflects the Word of God in my actions? So do people see good fruit when they're around me? Am I showing that Jesus uh, is good, right? The goodness of God in my life. Am I reflecting the character of Christ in my life? Because it's easy to teach something. It's harder to live what, what is being taught. And yet a follower and teacher of the gospel and the, and the word of God needs to be a person who reflects both. I've been very challenged by that this week. So for me, not only from the passage, but also from the sermon, it's going to be that, that verses, the 21 through 23, and specifically the words, I never knew you. And so for me, I want to make sure that I'm intentional. Specifically for me, I was going to in my time in the word, not having just be something where you go through the motions or wanting just to know more about God, mm -hmm. but truly knowing God and then through prayer, having that be a mutual relationship, or not only my deepening relationship with him, but allowing him to deepen his relationship with me as well. So for me, that was the convicting thing of, I never knew you. I do not want that to be said of me. Yeah. Second question, a little primer for it. So um, as the Sermon on the Mount, it has called us to restructure and reorder all of the life around the king and his kingdom. So here's the question is, what what do you, what do I, what do we need to restructure or reorder to live for the king and his kingdom? All right, why don't you answer that first, okay. and then I'll, I'll copy start. your answer, okay? <laughs> <Sounds good. laughs> uh, so the, the one word is going to be time. But then when I break that down is time in, uh, in work, in a work setting, shifting time from focusing on tasks to relationships. And there's always things to get done, but just being intentional within the time I'm given to have a good balance. 
and then time at home and with family, moving from being selfish to being selfless. So it can be easy to come home and not give my best or come in with an entitled attitude of, you know, I worked hard today, so I'm going to... I'll help you with dinner, but then after that, I'm out. I'm done. I deserve, you know, watch TV or break or whatever. And so shifting that time's not my own. Time is ultimately going to be for others, whether it be building relationships or serving others around me. Yeah. Remember that, um, for me, remember that hymn, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand, All Other Ground is Sinking Sand? All other ground is sinking sand. It's had to sing that twice. Because to remind us that anything apart from Christ that we found our lives on is shifting sand. And I think this time has been a time of um, humbling of my heart as so much upheaval has happened in our culture and in the church. And so much shifting has happened with people and um, focuses and passions of people's hearts that haven't been Christ's. And then even in my own life, has realities and ministries have changed quite a bit I, I just realized, my goodness, how easy it is to build your life on shifting things, build a ministry on shifting things that were that are not Christ. Mm. And I had thought they hadn't been that important to me before this. But really, uh, when you lose things or when things are uh, are changed or restricted or whatever else, you you tend to realize, oh my goodness, I was relying on those things more. Mm then I was finding a firm foundation in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so I just had been reorienting my life and recalibrating my life to Christ being my rock, my unshakable fortress, where I look to the hills, where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, right? And so that's challenged me to do that this week. Joe, could you pray for our groups as they're leading them and working through all kinds of things themselves and within the groups and wrestle through this this heavy passage. That's right. Hey, I want to just say this before I pray and just say I'm praying for our whole church as we lean into God's Word on this this week, and I'm praying for the message and the Word and the power of the Holy Spirit to come in and convict people's hearts. Uh, these are difficult, difficult things to read, but we have to lean in because we have a deep relationship that God is calling us to in this. And that's what we pray for, a deep relationship as we spend time, not one that questions your salvation, but one that, that really moves us into confidence in our relationship with Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for each of our community group leaders and their willingness to lead in a very difficult time. We recognize that the choice is Christ. He's the king, and may his kingdom be in our lives, and we live out the values of his kingdom so that when we see them, when we see it, when it happens, when Christ returns, we would take great joy and have great glory and lift up your name and and praise you. I pray for each one who's going to be orienting their lives around your word. I pray that you'd give them ears to hear and a heart that's willing to reflect you and, and follow you. I pray for some deep-rooted uh, thoughts that are false or some side issues that we, uh, as your church, have made a primary issue, and I pray that w- this would humble us to keep our focus on Christ and to follow him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray, and for his glory that we live. Amen. Amen. Well, 
as we look ahead, we've got a couple reminders. One of them is getting here pretty close. We've got the father-daughter dance. It's going to be a lot of fun on October 8th from 6.30 to 8.30 here at the church. Go on to FBC Topeka slash events to register for that. I, if I remember right, I think there's going to be face painting and dancing and some snacks and all kinds of things. So if you have um, a daughter or uh, if you're a grandfather and you've got a granddaughter and you'd like to be a part of that, go ahead and register. And then the other thing we've been talking about for a while is the Deeper Experience Over the Life of Jesus, October 28th, 6 to 9, here at Fellowship. And we're looking forward to that night. Next week, we'll give you some, some more details and specifics about that. So with that, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Deeper Podcast. We hope this has helped equip you as you lead your groups and help them deepen their relationship with God, His Word, and with people. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.